Shut up, I love it. This is Snyder! Shut up. I love it. I am Joe Cabello, and I am here with... Sasha Feiler. And this here is Shut Up, I Love It, a podcast where we invite a special guest to talk about something underrated, underappreciated, misunderstood, forgotten, canceled. I don't know. Canceled is the new verb I feel like we should just add in general. We'll (laughs) add it. I don't think we've had a canceled (laughs) on the show as of yet. And you know what? I'm excited for it because you Um, never know. You never know. So uh, those uh, requests are, you know, welcome here for Shut Up, I Love It. They're in the spam. (laughs) But who do we have uh, in the studio today, Joe? Oh, I'm excited. Today we got an executive producer in the advertising marketing industry with over 15 years experience in broadcast production for brands such as Chevy, PlayStation, Xfinity, Best Buy, and many more. And now he can add this to his resume. John Riddle. I love it. Hey, hey, how are you? Good. Oh, welcome. so good. So Thank you. Good. Thank you for having me. It's uh, exciting. You staying uh, not canceled these days? <laughs> I, I don't know. We'll see after this podcast, though. It's, a, it's kind of a 50-50 chance, maybe swaying one way or the other. It's, we'll see. It's true. It's kind of like the uh, Indiana Jones temple with this podcast where there's different traps to get canceled throughout it. You step on the wrong thing and cancel errors. Not, not true, but <laughs> let me not. tell you, we had a guest. We had a guest one time, wow. a returning guest who um after the episode i said why because we're like good friends i was like why aren't you promoting it and he was like i don't want people to cancel me i was like what did you say and he said i was making fun of chick-fil-a but in a way that it made it sound really good and so wow is that you know chick-fil-a is a really weird touchy subject right because it's just fast food but it's so politically charged Yes. That people get scared to say that they like Chick-fil-A. Yeah. So I, I think it's delicious. I mean, oh, I'm, I'm get out of here, John. I mean, I, lo- I love it. So I mean, this is already this is already starting off You've one already, way. But remember I mean, those traps? I, I, These yeah, are those. I know, traps. but but I always get angry because I feel like when I want it, I, I want it on Sunday. So you get mm. really excited, and then yeah. you're driving down the street, and like, oh my gosh, I want Chick-fil-A, and then it's like, ah, oh, it's Sunday. They got me. Mm. I know. We need to open up uh, the chicken place that's only open on Sunday. <laughs> I think someone told me recently, they said, you should open up a, food, a chicken sandwich food truck and only put it in front of Chick-fil-A's on Sundays. Yeah, I mean... That, it, <laughs> was that was that you, really, Joe? It, wasn't, it sounds like a joke. Sure. It like I'm going to take credit yeah. for it. Sure. <laughs> but, um, John, what are you here to talk about, for real? Well, uh, I mean, speaking of controversy, I guess I'm here to talk about Man of Steel, uh, the 20, 2013 uh, Zack Snyder movie, um, which I am uh, super passionate about. I've, I've honestly just loved that movie forever, and um, I thought it'd be a good good one to talk about. Obviously, there's a lot going on with Warner Brothers and DC right now, but then also in particular, it's uh, it, it's so wild to think that it's coming up on the. 10th anniversary as of June, which is crazy because it doesn't seem like it's that old, but it was actually 10 years ago. So. Yeah, it is. So this is the um, first Superman movie in the Snyder verse, which is the Correct. verse of Zack Snyder movies. And yeah, you're right that this is so steeped in kind of controversies uh, for not really the movie. I would say Man of Steel isn't as steeped in controversy as just generally Zack Snyder and yeah. and WB and what they've done with DC. Um, I kind of find it interesting that we haven't had more Superman movies, period, than what we do have. I know. You know, as I was kind of going back and thinking about it, because I was also thinking about, like, well, you know, Superman Returns, like, that was seven years before Man of Steel. And then before that, I mean, really, like, if you go to the movies, it was the Christopher Reeve, you know, Superman four or whatever, which was back in the, the 80s, mm-hmm. which is wild to think about. But I think it's... I think it shows like how far it used to go between different iterations of the character back in the day. And now, you know, I think it's easy to say like, now, now you're used to, it's like, Oh, if it doesn't have it one year, like the next year, we're going to get someone else. Yeah. We're going to get a reboot of it. And it gets to feel like there's only like a year or two in between now. And yeah. they're going to get that. somebody else, right? Like that's the big thing that, um, yeah, the star of the movie we're talking about, man of steel, right? Like that's what he, 
what's his name? Henry Cavill? I don't know what to say. Henry Cavill. Yeah, but yeah, he posted on Instagram that first he announced that he is going to be the next Superman, and then a month later he's like, they were just kidding. I'm not going to be one. I know. I think when I, when Joe, when I saw you recently, that's one thing I brought up was I think I'm still getting over that whole mm. <laughs> situation that happened. Um, it, it was honestly, it's really unfortunate. I probably won't try to focus too much on that today, but it, I'm still, I honestly, it's still like, it's still like kind of weighing on me. I'm just, you know, it's just such a big fan. And I honestly, I love Henry Cavill as Superman mm. as well. So he's a really impressive looking figure. Um, yeah. And I think that's important for a, a Superman. Um, but yeah, we might get into some of the controversies and whatnot. We'll see. There's just so much to talk about there that's weird. And like just the mismanagement of a property or a whole, you know, the DC, something that is so big and almost ubiquitous to Americana. Right. To, I don't know, constantly fumble through a series of accidents, through a series of purposeful uh, things like I, I believe it was even Justice League got screwed mm-hmm. up because of a tragic death of uh, Zack Snyder's child Right. that exactly. seemed to have led to a good thing for Joss Whedon but then I, I don't know if I would call it a good thing for Joss well, Whedon well, I, I, would, the, I would know because we talked about it but <laughs> well yeah that's, that's true we don't want to out your super cool <laughs> friendships here <laughs> But I think just as far as uh, the movie's reception, yeah, not a not a great thing for him. I'm sure he cashed some checks there. Um, but yeah. so with Man of Steel, honing back into that, um, you know, you love this movie, but what category of shut up I love it do you see it belonging into? Yeah, you know, I was thinking as you were mentioning earlier, I might put it under misunderstood. Mm. Is there a divisive category sure, we can make yeah. you can make it, there are, your own there's anything can, we've yes. had spicy okay. we've never had yeah. that but we should mm-hmm. um yeah it's I, it feels like it's more of a divisive category for me um you know i think like rotten tomatoes is like 56 percent, and the audience score was a little bit higher at 75 percent mm-hmm. um but it's still it's it's been a very divisive movie but you know um i think they're obviously it established a really fat, uh, passionate fan base uh, around that movie, around Henry Cavill as Superman. But I still think, all in all, it's it's divisive as a movie, and then also it's divisive because of, you know, I think there's a lot of fans that are avid Zack Snyder fans, and a lot of fans that are are not. So there's avid <laughs> Zack Snyder haters that yeah, can't exactly. even seem to appreciate stuff that I think is like pretty universally regarded mm-hmm. as of his. Agreed. Um, which always gets weird. Yeah, it's kind of like the Chick-fil-A thing where it's like... It's exactly Yeah, like you know what? I, I understand the politics, but admit it's a good sandwich. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that type of thing. Um, so This is sponsored by Chick-fil-A absolutely. today. Absolutely. We're, uh, we're slowly, okay. slowly... Yeah, I will we, take it. You know, <laughs> I will take the any of it. <laughs> listeners' minds. Um, Sasha, for you, were you... Uh, have you watched Man of Steel or was it on your... The Snyderverse no. on your radar at all before? No. Um... No, I famously wanted to walk out of the well, not not Snyderverse, right? Just Snyder movies, I guess. I wanted to walk out of the um, Army of the Dead, and I did not. Um, but I loved the mont- montage, the opening. So that's just in general, Zack Snyder. I also have a personal connection with Zack Snyder because my dog, my late dog Spoon, uh, did not learn how to swim in Zack Snyder's swimming pool unbeknownst to Zack Snyder and this is how I traumatized Spoon for the rest of his life to hate water this is a weird story okay so you've been to Zack Snyder's pool yes but yes but Zack Snyder doesn't know about it well now he does well now it's gonna go gonna go out listening to it for sure his google Uh, alerts are popping off yeah, how did that? How did that happen? Yeah, so, did, yeah what's the story about? Yeah, that? so this, that, that's why it's like such a random story. Um, because like I, yeah, I'm like not familiar at all with Zack Snyder's movies. I have very small opinion on that, but like I have an opinion on the fact that I ruined my dog's, uh, you know, love of water. But yeah, so uh, Zack has a friend uh, who's a very good friend of his, and he's married. The friend is married to my really good friend. Uh, from back when I lived back in New York. And so uh, Zach and 
uh, my friend's husband are such good friends that like they're always staying at Zach's place when they're in town. Um, and so Zach was not home, like they were not at home, but my friend and her husband were, and they're like, come over, just like, you know, hang out, bring the dog. So that was, you know, 10 years ago, whatever. And so I think he was shooting at the time. So it was a little bit lo- more than 10 years. I think he was shooting the Sucker Punch. And so, Sucker, yeah, Sucker Punch was before Man he, of Steel. Okay. Yeah. So then we, but like right before probably, right? Like 12 years mm-hmm. sounds right. So, yeah. yeah. So I brought the puppy Spoon, a famous dog to be you know mentioned on this podcast constantly. award-winning award award-winning dog um brought him to the the swimming pool and i was like at the time i didn't know how dogs work like and john <laughs> i do now i know a lot about dogs how dogs work how to train dogs it's a whole thing but at the time spoon was like four months old i did not know and i thought the classic throw him in the swimming pool and he'll learn is the way to go <laughs> and so i did and I did, and he got traumatized. Like, he disappeared underwater. He swam back to the surface. Everything was fine, it seemed. But he was, it was his core wound for the rest of his life. And every time I would have to, like, correct my dog, if he did something wrong, barked at a postman, you name it, uh, I would say, take a bath. Like literally, and that would send him into a fearful state, which is not nice. <laughs> but that's you know, so I would always I, something you want to do: send your pet into a fearful, fearful state. state. So, um, th- but that's uh, that was the only way to counterbalance his bravado and insane bark that Joe, you may still remember. Um, but yeah, but anyway, so I always blamed quote unquote Zack Snyder for ruining, even though I ruined the dog. <laughs> I mean, that seems fair. It honestly. seems like what people like, do. He, even if he wasn't there, I mean, it, I feel like he holds <laughs> most of the responsibility for that. Yeah, it's a nice there house is in Pasadena. Cool law. There is some pool law. Yeah, there's a, it's like a Larry David's last yeah season. It's all about the pool and somebody dying in the pool. But uh, no, there is yeah. definitely like the the pool at Zack Snyder's house at the time. He it was like uh, he had like a it's a walk-in pool. So I think the mm-hmm. walk-in is what made me think everything is fine. Like he's not gonna drown the dog. Cause he's, so you, you walked in a little bit, but then threw yeah, the dog exactly. way far down in the deep end. No, like, like I, a foot, no. Like a football. No, 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 I wasn't okay. that mean, but no. And, um, but, <laughs> but it was enough, yeah, but it was enough that again, emotionally, the dog never got to become neutral about water. He always hated water. And that concludes my very strange and not important story about Zack Snyder. And his yeah, that's as much of Man of Steel that you've experienced. Yeah, had exactly. So guys. I experienced fully uh, two days ago. Wow. More, more importantly, Joe, what about you? More importantly, because um, you seem to know a shitload. I, you know, I, I am more aware of the Snyderverse than I am, I think, like up to date with any of these uh, movies. This came out in what, 2013? Was it? Yeah, June June 14th, 2013. Wow, a day mm. that will live in infamy. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, and I think I missed this. That, that's this kind of a black hole, I think, from like 2011 to 2014 of my mm. movie watching, especially theatrical releases, because I had just moved to L.A., was oh, broke, mm. was focused on a lot of like different improv. things. Yeah, improv and doing comedy writing. And um, just kind of like lost that. I used to go to you know every midnight release back when those existed for movies. Yeah. Now it's like five p.m. on Thursday, but you used sure. to have to wait till Thursday midnight to see a movie. So this was in that dead zone, and I honestly don't think I ever even saw it until watching it for this podcast. But I felt oh, wow. like I did because, like, it's been discussed so much. I've seen clips. I've heard it talked about. Um, all the stuff and I but I think I might have seen I've definitely seen parts of it before but that's where Mm -hmm. like the clips come in so it was kind Mm -hmm. of like a a fresh blind viewing which was nice especially it being the first in his uh, you know Snyderverse run Mm -hmm. to kind of like give it fresh attentive eyes um, Mm -hmm. out instead of maybe some of the, the energy that people saw it with originally you know, a lot of heightened expectation, a lot of anger mm-hmm. <laughs> at right. Snyder. Um, so yeah, this was, I'd say my first time watching it. Mm. Wow, shocking. John, I how know, many I'm times? Ha- uh, yeah, I know, I, I can tell. <laughs> John, how many times have you seen The Man of Steel? Gosh, you know, I've, I've seen it at least half a dozen times. Nice. Um, 
And I do actually, I specifically remember the very first time I did see it. And, and it was kind of, you know, maybe I remember it for a few reasons is because, um, you know, funny enough, back at that time, that was actually only a year after Dark Knight Rises came out. Uh, you know, the Christopher Nolan, the the, mm-hmm. the final one in the trilogy. And I remember that was kind of an interesting time because as they were discussing all this and, you know, when that was still coming out and they were making Man of Steel, um, it was actually Christopher Nolan was producing it. It was always a question of like, well, is it going to connect to the Christopher Nolan universe or are those going to be all, you know, encompassed mm-hmm. into their own world? And then it kind of came out that, no, what it, it was going to be in its own unique world. It wasn't going to be connected to those. There's also the, you know, the discussion of like, you know, was it going to be Brandon Ruth? You know, is it going to connect to Superman Returns? It was all kind of like, it was a lot of uncertainty, I remember, at that time. And then they announced it like, no, uh, you know, it's going to be um, its own universe. Zack Snyder is going to direct it. Um, Christopher Nolan's going to produce it. Christopher Nolan actually uh, was responsible for the story of it and, you know, produced it and the screenplay and everything with, with David S. Goyer. Um, but then it was kind of going to be its own thing and it was going to be the start of a new universe because... You know, at that time, Marvel was kind of full, well underway in their own universe thing. I think it was like Iron Man three that came out in 2013. So it was they it, it had enough you know, mm-hmm. movies under the belt. So it's kind of exciting that this was going to be starting its own universe. And I remember actually seeing it in the theater, and um, I saw it in IMAX in San Francisco, uh, the, one of the true IMAX screens, the you know the enormous ones, not the oh, IMAX, yeah. uh, you know, smaller digital screen and. It was, one, I think, one of the few that's left in the country, sadly. Um, Only two in remember, L.A., I think. Like, yeah, like I think Director's Chinese Guild Theater. and, yeah, something like that. I think Exactly, yeah, I think it might be that one in, in uh, Chinese Theater, mm-hmm. the only ones that are truly the IMAX, you know, the large IMAX screens. So I remember seeing it, and I was like, super excited to see it. I remember seeing it, and it was... Uh, and the one thing I remember about it was like how loud it was. I mean, this movie—it is a loud movie. But I remember even almost having to cover my ears at times. Didn't dislike it, but it's like everything about it is loud. The you know the the action is loud. The Hans Zimmer score is like out of this world loud. I mean, it was blaring. But I wouldn't change anything about that experience. Like it was absolutely amazing seeing it, and I was just in it and and i was and i was questioning you know whether i was going to be in it coming off of such a strong like dark knight trilogy mm-hmm. that was its own world i was like well i really want to start over again with another dc thing can i mean, can, can i get into a new universe like this quickly you know less than a year later after the dark knight rises but i was in it from the very beginning i, I was just full-on in it so and were you a Zack snyder fan leading up to that you know, I, I was. I, I think I, I liked his movies. Um, I liked um, Dawn of the Dead. I liked. Um, I, I I didn't I didn't love Sucker Punch. I couldn't really get mm-hmm. into that. Um, I think Watchmen. I forget uh, Watchmen. I did like that. Uh, I liked the director's cut of that, the the longer version, but also didn't go crazy for it like some fans. I know that's also that's probably even more divisive than the Man mm-hmm. of Steel and some of his movies. Yeah, same amount of history. And yeah. With the For the record, material. I love Watchmen. It's my favorite superhero movie. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah, I mean, I love the style of it. I mean, his his attention to detail is unrivaled, in my opinion. I think, like as a director, like even Sucker Punch, like love it or hate it, like it's still a very well made movie. I mean, it is gorgeous, and he, he knows, pushes the budget yeah. so far. He knows how to set up a shot. That's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he's just an absolute master at those things. So I wouldn't say I was definitely not a diehard Zack Snyder fan, um, but I, w- I was probably more excited just knowing that, you know, Chris Nolan was was producing it and was responsible for the story, uh, knowing he was kind of shepherding that. Like even the trailers, like kind of were like um, very in the style of Christopher Nolan films, like the font and everything that they use. Like going back to that, so like definitely like gar- I, I garnered more excitement for me just. Chris Nolan than than uh, Zack Snyder, yeah, and that's the like Watchmen seems to me to fit Snyder so well, and I think there was shock from fans of Zack Snyder helming DC because you even look at uh, a lot of the comics, the source material, and it does feel brighter. It feels more family friendly mm-hmm. in some ways versus like I always remember Marvel feeling like the more darker brooding of the two. So mm-hmm. then you have this incredibly dark and brooding director. I don't I don't know yeah. if I would necessarily 
those are great ways to describe them, but uh, in comparison to what you would expect from DC and especially from Superman. And I remember that being a really big mm. like point of like, what? Why are you putting this guy in the yeah. helm mm. of this movie? Um, you know, it's n- not a hopeful director, you know, and you kind of mm. want hope for mm. Superman. Yeah, especially for that character. Um, you know, I, I was a DC Comics fan uh, when I was, you know, little, and, and uh, it was funny. I actually I collected Superman and Batman for about two years straight, which is around I think it was like '93 or something like that. And when when it was the death of Superman and like the breaking of Batman, and I got into them at that time, and I collected comics for like two years. So those were actually relatively darker stories. True. Yeah. Uh, and then I, and I I, I I I never missed a comic for like ten for like two years straight and then all of a sudden I quit cold turkey I was like I'm done (laughs) it gets tough I'm in the comic uh, game right now where I I subscribe to quite a few monthlies and it's expensive yeah Yeah. Uh, it's never ending and uh, (laughs) yeah $3.99 to $4.99 a pop is gets a little tough Um, but let's get into some uh, Man of Steel specifics here and just i want to get into right into like what is it about this that worked for you that makes it sound like i'm like oh what worked yeah Yeah. excited you made it you know was so memorable to you michael shannon (laughs) (laughs) yeah he was great in it i mean honestly like i think it was for me number one i would probably say henry cavill um i think that from the very beginning for me there was no doubt about it. I mean, Henry Cavill was Superman. Like, there was no question about it. And I remember talking to people about this, like, um, I think around even when it, kind of when it came out, I, I basically said, like, you know, before that, again, it was like Brandon Ruth, it was, you know, Christopher Reeve. Like, Brandon Ruth was, you know, sadly had, only had his one movie, but really it was Christopher Reeve. That was what people remembered as Superman, I feel like. Yeah. That, you know, Christopher Reeve was Superman, John Williams was the iconic theme, and I said... And because I remember I talked to some friends that had seen it, like they didn't really love it. Some people loved it. Some people were just like, yeah, it's okay. Some people kind of hated it. And I said, like, you know, but there was never a question that Henry Cavill was mm. Superman. I felt like nobody was ever saying, like, like, oh, well, he wasn't a good Superman or he was kind of weak. Like, I didn't feel like people were talking about that. And so, kind of my defense of the movie was like, look, if people aren't talking about him being a bad Superman, if people aren't saying, I, I'm, I'm, miss the John Williams theme or like always referring to like the previous movies. I was like, in my opinion, that's a win because I feel like it would, if it was a bad movie or a weak movie, I think people would always just reference it like, Oh man, I wish it was like the Richard Donner Superman or I wish it was like Superman returns. Like I didn't feel like there was any of that chatter from friends or like even online. It kind of like stood on its own. Like even the Hans Zimmer theme, like stood on its own. as like, this is an amazing theme. So, I, I mean, if I probably had to pick two things, I'd probably say Henry Cavill is Superman, and then I'll actually the Hans Zimmer theme. Like, mm. that music, like, his score was so unbelievably epic and amazing. It is and again, very also, epic, even for Hans Zimmer. Epic. Like, so yeah. epic. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you are going to put anyone up against John Williams, I mean, Hans yeah. Zimmer's, he's got some boxing gloves on. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I've I've been a big Hans Zimmer fan for forever, and I think like, you know, I love, of course, love John Williams too. But Hans Zimmer, I think, has evolved more every single decade as a composer than any composer that I've, I feel like I've ever listened to. Like, he, you know, he's got he got Hans Zimmer in the '80s, in the '90s, in the 2000s, and 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 on. It just keeps going, and like, and he just continues to evolve, and it doesn't ever seem stale. And he can, a lot of the time, he can make a bad movie much better oh, just right. with his incredible scores yeah so, that, that is very true um yeah, so Henry, just on the fly i think like, if i had to pick two like those are the mm. the two things that come to mind right away what about How you joe if, if, well, if, if what are your favorite i'm just curious because oh well i want to just pause on that henry cavill i think there's a lot to mm-hmm. talk about there like his musculature his build <laughs> yeah. yeah his blue eyes i think they're yeah. blue. so i agree i think he's re- he's a great superman but I don't know if we still, to this day, have gotten his best story as Superman. Like no. Uh, and same with Batfleck, the uh, yeah. Ben Affleck Batman. 
he doesn't even have his own movie yeah. you know for batman it's it's batman versus superman is a split film justice league you know like all these movies are not really we haven't been able to see him really be just batman and a batman caper and mm-hmm. i feel that way even with uh henry cavill with man of steel because as much as it is so centered around him he's not superman in the movie for the full movie it's an origin story Mm -hmm. in in many ways and that does bother me for the movie i understand it but like spending an hour or more with henry cavill and in the movie before he's really donned the suit it's surprisingly long time (laughs) yeah yeah that you're, you're right yeah it is like a it's an hour plus i think before he even dons the suit that's that's right um now that's interesting that you bring that up and yeah i'd love to hear more of that because for me like i love it and like that is like one of the best things about it um is that it doesn't reach i mean you don't even see him as clark kent per se until until right. the very end of the movie and actually funny like speaking about the hans zimmer score that is one of my favorite thing and the most well-paced thing of the entire movie is that the the actual superman theme that hans zimmer you know composed it does not kick in until it says directed by Zack Snyder, till the credits roll. Like mm. that's when it hits. It's like at that moment. Um, Says the man else, who saw it six or seven times. Uh, well, yeah. we'll have to take your yeah. word for it with those numbers. Yeah, it does. It literally hits. It hits the moment um, that it rolls the credits, like at the very end. And I, to me, that's it, it's so perfect. Because I, I re, when I rewatched it recently, I was just like, I even rewatched that end part of it, and I'm like, this is this is absolutely perfect. How they end it. He doesn't even play the theme until until the credits roll. Um, but there was a plan behind that. I mean, we we can get into that, the the Zack Snyder plan of like why he wanted to show the evolution of Superman. Like it's it's and it's even the Man of Steel was intended to be so far away until he becomes the the positive, hopeful you know, Superman that's predominantly reflected in the comics that people are used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and I don't know, part of it's uh, maybe my personal taste and I, maybe taste isn't the right word because it's like a taste built up from being a bit kink. fed up. Kink. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's my kink. Um, just <laughs> the superhero movie malaise and um, way too many origin stories that I feel that at this point, especially we're post superhero. We understand how they're made. We understand these things of, of we kind of know the playbook, right? Of like, Oh, what's the way that he got his hat? You know, like all those little stupid things that happen in superhero origin movies that I actually just want to see the hero be the hero in the movie. But I also respect and understand that, like, having that origin story, having him go from this place of, like, this low point. I mean, it's all character development, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it's classic storytelling and whatnot. So I respect that. But, like, one of my favorite superhero movies is Punisher Warzone. I don't know if you're familiar with that one. It's the, uh, the sequel. And, right. and it's not really even a sequel. It's just a standalone oh, yeah. Punisher movie. Like, they don't show the origin of Punisher. They do a couple, like, just flashbacks, but they're more just, like, those quick type of flashbacks to show that he's messed up. And it just yeah. is a Punisher story, him being Punisher from minute one to the very end, but having an arc. And I love that. So, yeah, this was... I, I think if I, I forgot that there was so much of an origin story until I was mm-hmm. watching it. Um, so that was a bit of a bummer. Cause yeah, I just want to see Henry Cavill be that symbol of hope and be yeah. in his blue suit the whole time. And I think a lot of that also comes from the fact that we haven't knowing we haven't got it versus it being 2013, you're watching it for the first time and you're like, Oh cool. We're going to get dozens more of these. And then yeah. in actuality, we kind of got just a gumbo of other Superman movies. That's a really interesting perspective because yeah, you know, because yeah, you're you're seeing it in 2023 when we're 
we're so consumed with so many, I don't know, it, it, on a, for me, it's, it's superhero fatigue. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, back, because we're getting, you know, six movies a year plus TV series and everything across at least. DC and Marvel and everything. Yeah, at least. And then, but back in, you know, 2013 when this came out, it was one DC movie a year and it was a few Marvel movies and no TV shows. Uh, and so... That's interesting to hear that because yeah, mine was mine was the memory of seeing it in 2013. Not you know maybe if I had watched it for the first time now, I might feel the exact same way because it, I'm it's superhero fatigue for me now this year. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Sasha? Sasha, what? Yeah, I don't know. I feel, I just feel like it's the fun part to me, the origin story, but. Um, it is like an easy thing for the writer to do. Like, it's like, of course, like you, you write that, you know, core wound, like what happened to the hero that has led them to this tragic place and what they had to When Superman was thrown into Zack Snyder's pool as exactly, a child. Exactly, exactly. The classic story. So anyway, um, I enjoy it, but you know, as much as I uh, enjoyed, I guess, the last Batman, which was not that good of a movie, but like also like the whole parents thing. But I also understand why like nobody wants to watch it. That like, people who do spend a lot of time watching superhero movies, I understand why they don't want to watch it. But mm-hmm. I enjoy watching that because I'm not a fan of superhero movies. So uh, and yeah. Uh, Were well, you talking about the Batman, the one that just that, came out? That. Because that wasn't really... I loved that because it wasn't an origin story, but it was an early story. Mm. It had so some s- origin, but I guess it didn't. Yes. You still get yeah. like kind of those growing pains of the hero, which mm-hmm. is really fun to see and has a lot of drama to it. But it's not about him training and getting the costume. He's already in it. He's, I think in that movie, he's two years into being Batman. So right. I like that, and I think that's, that's an interesting way to go. Too, that where you can almost have your cake and eat it too of still having those struggle moments where it is an origin story but we get to see the hero be the hero I agree I kind of like that too um, they definitely went further into the origin with Man of Steel but one thing that I did like about it in particular though was it was not it was non-linear it was not the typical like you know go through his entire young phase there were a lot of flashbacks yeah. it's not a Christopher Nolan style editing you know I mean, even even in the sequence where the spacecraft is, you know, landing and hits Earth, it immediately cuts to like uh, Henry Cavill on a ship, you know, working as a as a fisherman, you know, like it doesn't show it crash. And then, you know, Kevin Costner and Diane Lane come out, discover the boy. Like right. you, you would, I guess, that you see like in the other in you know the original Superman, because um, it kind of like hopped around and then did, did a lot of flashbacks. You know, even like even getting to the very end of it, like I think that was a pivotal part when they're doing the montage kind of at the very end he's talking about like finding a job and and it it cuts back to like him as a little boy uh kevin costner's working on the truck and like you know sees him like running around in a red red cape and even that sequence is amazing because it's like it's at the very end of the movie and they're already they're Mm -hmm. you know flashing back again to him as a as a little boy like you know playing as superman like i thought that was amazing mm-hmm. like there's cool stuff like that so it was like it was the non-traditional i guess origin story but uh which i enjoyed too yeah like, i think that's a great yeah point. yeah or like we how how we find out uh how the death of kevin costner's character would happen right like it's kind of like later almost like they don't set it up and then we find right. out yeah they're like by the way like yeah this is like another big wound in the Superman's, uh, you know, memory. Yeah, like the dog. Got to go back to the dog. Always got to go back to the dog. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What's it, what I find interesting about that whole like off kilter origin story that you're talking about, how it's kind of out of sequence and whatnot, is like that is such a breath of fresh air to not have it mm-hmm. show all those moments that we kind of know. It's uh, like Batman with the pearls falling. You know, it's that's what people always make fun of is every Batman yeah. movie has the gunshot pearls hitting the ground um, in the alleyway scene. Um, but while it does jump ahead years to like the fishing boat scene, that's all still origin story. Right. right? Like, he's still not him. So I do think that is a really interesting take on it and whatnot. 
um, especially for him being such a unique superhero where he's always had his powers. It's mm-hmm. not a gaining his powers situation like Spider-Man or Iron Man. Um, so I don't know. There's, I guess that's why Smallville exists. Mm-hmm. Right? They have, hey, there was all this time before he was yeah. Superman. Are you a Smallville fan? No, I actually never really. You know, I I think I watched. What was it Lois and Clark? It was so campy and cheap. With oh, the, Dean Cain. Yeah, the Dean Cain one. It, <laughs> Dean Cain. Insane, right? Like to think yeah. back with where we are with comic book shows <laughs> and movies now. Yeah. To think that that long ago there was a Lois and Clark show that yeah. was popular to any degree just feels yeah. so weird. It feels like something that would be on Disney Plus or something <laughs> now. <laughs> Yeah, I remember watching it. I don't remember anything about it other than it was super cheesy. And uh, but I never really got into. I never got into Smallville. And I mean, even before, even before Lois and Clark, when there was like a Superboy, I think at some mm. point. Um, and there's Supergirl yeah, too. Oh boy, Supergirl. Yes, yes, I remember that. That was a lot of stuff. But I remember those were those were super super low. But they're more like I don't know like. Uh, well, they were network TV. They were like yeah. a sitcom. Bad type of green thing. screen. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. low budget. There's a lot of DC TV out there, and it's got a fairly low budget. It looks very laughable, but uh, yeah. people seem to really enjoy them. I think because they I hit a people, campy, you know, target. People are watching them. So, but no, never got into Smallville though. Well, you got to get into it. This is what I know. I got to watch. I'm gonna watch all of them. <laughs> I'm not even that now. big of a fan of it. Plus, it has that uh, cult lady isn't it that sex cult she's in the that show Which nexium that? i think it's nexium oh. is that the sex cult oh wow who is yeah, the, the actor uh she plays a reporter in the show which is weird because she's not lois lane but she's like the lois lane as far as like the <laughs> reporter in the show but yeah she was uh you know nexium recruiter head of oh, nexium boy. um so you know, shout out. <laughs> shout, shout out and shout up. I don't uh, love Nexium, but um, yeah. So, okay. Well, is it like weird to ask you both since um, <laughs> since you are uh, superhero uh, movie slash franchise fans? Do you prefer DC versus Marvel? Like, which one? Or is that not a thing to ask? Like, I always wonder because, like, because when I wrote on Robot Chicken, like in the room, definitely people who were super into that. Um, they had a preference, strong, always, in the same way, Marvel. <laughs> Everybody hated DC. Uh, uh, specifically, like, I'm not saying... Uh, is yeah, that movie, like, that, obviously you can't speak I think 100% to everything. them, but everything, not just yeah. the movies? Mm-hmm. What about you, John? I would say, uh, for me, it's DC. It probably, it, probably most of it goes back to just having that two-year period of my life where I was all about, like, Batman, Superman comics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, I just always have gravitated more towards Batman in particular uh, and I would say Batman first and then Superman so the movies those are what I got the most excited about Um, I do enjoy the Marvel movies but (laughs) I got again I have a little bit of fatigue there I feel like I made it all the way through Endgame and I was fully invested you know Avengers Endgame and then now I've kind of (laughs) retired seeing them in theaters and you know, stopped watching the series. I think it's just gotten to be a little bit much. And then uh, DC-wise, I feel like, but that's DC, I've always been really, really excited about that. But that kind of opens a whole other new topic about, like, am I excited now? And that answer is not really. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but I would say, I say in theory, it would be DC. Yeah. Mm. Joe? Yeah, and I, I remember as a kid being very Marvel and it being the Marvel versus DC and, and, definitely digging that more but uh batman batman is batman like undefeatable you know even up against anything marvel i feel um so he sticks out and plus we had a lot of great batman movies or at least interesting batman movies and those were getting pumped batman and robin right that was your favorite nipples yeah that's Clinic. the one with the nipples. Uh, yeah. I think many of them may have had nipples. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, yeah, there's a debate about <laughs> the nipples. I, I'm aware. Mm-hmm. Batman Returns is probably my favorite of the the nipple first franchise? batch mm-hmm. of the nipple franchise. <laughs> <laughs> Keaton for life. Um, so, yeah, and it's just been so weird seeing the DC movies kind of uh, fumble 
a bit with like you know Justice League. We don't really have a Justice League movie. I guess we have the Snyder cut of well, Justice League. Zack Snyder. Did you yeah. see Zack Snyder's Justice League? I did. I did. I actually th- thought thought it was okay, but it's by that point is it was it too late? The similar to what my opinions are with Man of Steel now. Watching it mm-hmm. now, where it's like mm-hmm. okay, if that would have been the first cut, I would have seen. Would I have yeah. been into mm-hmm. it? Versus, I do think that initial. A theatrical release of uh, Justice League is as bland of a movie as you can get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. I don't even consider the 2017 one watchable. Honestly, that was such a disaster. Yeah, and I actually do like Batman versus Superman. I I don't know if it's like if I would defend it as a good movie. You know, if you're talking like technical, technically good you know, defensible in that way, but I did enjoy it. Maybe that has to do with, I saw, I saw it with my mom. We had a little movie date. Did you, did you watch it in theater? Did you watch the ultimate cut, the director's cut? I watched it in theater and I don't know if I saw the director's cut at home. Cause I do, I do own the movie on uh, iTunes. So yeah. shout that, out. And that's shout a whole out. other thing, but I know that that, uh, the the ultimate cut is way superior in my opinion it's longer i think it, i don't know if it's like 20 or 30 minutes longer but it kind of fixes all the weird plot holes mm-hmm. and stuff that was in the, the theatrical version so yeah i think if you like i think if you really watch you know as depressed as i am is about what's happened with you know the the so-called reboot or whatever it's going to ultimately be uh with james gunn but uh, i guess after I'm all said, after I'm over that, I, at least, at least, I feel like we got a very strong Zack Snyder trilogy. I mean, they even called it like the Zack Snyder's Justice League trilogy, which wasn't really what it was supposed to be. But I mean, we got Man of Steel, Batman v Superman Ultimate Edition, and then Zack Snyder's Justice League. And I think if you watch those all together, they are incredibly strong. But as long as you watch those specific versions, yeah, and uh, are a lot, of, a lot of people, I'm sure, just decided not to with uh, mm-hmm. Snyder's Justice League. Um, right. It's also like four and a half hours long. That's a big ask for yeah. anybody. It's a big ask of anybody. Well, well, you know what? Well, James Cameron, did you read James Cameron's quote when he was, he's, I don't want to hear anybody bitching about, you know, watching a three hour movie. He's like, I watch my kids binge watch six hours of Netflix movies. You know, yeah. It's so funny. So I feel like it's, it's becoming so much more common now for movies to be so much longer uh, which is wild. So I don't know what four. When I heard it was four hours, I was like, "Yes!" I was like, "Give it to me!" I was like, "Give me five hours!" I was like, "I want six hours!" I want to sit down and watch this. I'm gonna do it. Yeah, I think you have to just change your movie watching, or at least like, because um, I feel bad breaking a movie into several days. You know, watching yeah. half than other, because I just don't think that's how they're supposed to be watched. Versus TV, you can do that for um, sure. So I need to sometimes break away from that and be like, okay, you know, just go watch Babylon. Go to the theater twice <laughs> to finish Babylon. Um, yeah. Three hours, ten minutes, crazy. But Is it yet, worth it? Probably. I mean, I, I haven't seen it yet because, like, I haven't had, like, the four and a half hours of a, to drive to the theater, sit, wait, all that. <laughs> it's, a, it's playing a game of golf. It's, it's, a, it's a day. To watch yeah, one of those movies. Seriously. I mean, Avatar. Like when we saw Avatar, I was like, "Well, this is what I'm doing today." Yeah, canceled. Like, this work. is my, I was like, it's I'm my entire day. Call in sick today, today and tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with these these movies and just in general, I think my problem with uh, DC, modern DC, and it's the same problem I have with uh, like Universal with their monsters. Uh, cinematic universe they were trying to do that everybody is chasing what Marvel did but Marvel yeah. kind of stumbled into that so when you chase yeah. it you're you're not actually following what they did they were doing For very sure. standalone bespoke movies and then they were like oh we can combine these or like now we'll worry about combining these and now there's just too many movies where the first one seems like it's really trying to throw too many lures out. Yeah, I mean, they're just trying to do too much. I, I completely agree. Because, I mean, you're right. I mean, when Marvel started, it was, we're going to release, um, you know, Iron Man or Captain America, Thor. Like, it was it was one at a time. And, like, none of those movies referenced the other movies. And then mm-hmm. they were able to kind of fit everything together. And 
I thought that Man of Steel did a really good job of that too. Like it was literally its own movie and it yep. was set up as the beginning of the universe. And, you know, a big part of the, you know, Man of Steel in particular was that, you know, is how is the world going to react to someone with superhuman strength and can fly? And like, and that was a big part of, you know, you know, Kevin Costner's Jonathan Kent character. He's like, and why he held his son back. He's like, the world's not ready for Superman, you know? And he was very, um, you know, scared about, you know, how the world would react to that. And I thought that that was really unique. Um, it was, it was, it was grounded in reality, I guess, as grounded as a Superman movie can be, but it really was. And that was, I think a lot of that probably goes to Christopher Nolan's credit because the Dark Knight movies were grounded in reality as much as they could be for a superhero movie. Um, but, you know, even rewatching it re- recently, I was like, I was really noticing how it truly was. It was like, you know, the, the military uses real, well, so I mean, I guess real in theory, like military jets and like things like that. It wasn't like they were showing up in big space cruisers and things mm-hmm. like that. Everything was like kind of present day things. It's like, you know, military were using the same tactical, tactical gear that you would think that a military person would use in, in real life and things like that. And then Superman was Superman and people were reacting to him as the first time that they had seen a superhero. And then, and that I thought was really smart because then, you know, Zack Snyder had a plan. Like, even if you go back to, um, maybe we can talk about that just, you know, really quickly, like, you know, his original plan. And, um, I think as he was kind of mapping it out was like, was from what I understand, it was a five part, uh, movie plan. It was going to be man of steel, Batman V Superman, um, justice league part one and two, and then a fifth movie that I think was to be determined. That then kind of morphed into a different thing of like Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Justice League, Man of Steel 2, and then Justice League Part 2 and 3. But it really was kind of like a five plan. And then it was always going to have like the other movies that would kind of branch out from that, which were going to be, um, you know, Suicide Squad, Aquaman, Flash, Cyborg. But even like when you look at Suicide Squad, like uh, Viola Davis's character like early in the movie and this was all because it was like very closely tied and was developed with Zack Snyder she even said like as they're talking about recruiting these people out of the out of, of Arkham or, or wherever they are I think it's a jail not Arkham uh, but she even says like you know you know Superman's emergence like you know I guess gave the opportunity for all these uh, you know superheroes to come out of the woodwork so it's mm. kind of like they really didn't exist in this world until Superman came about which I thought was really cool. So it was like this; it really was truly the start of its own universe, which was nice. Yeah, which does play into the themes of the movie too. That I'm, I'm kind of sad we didn't see more of that. Of like, oh, you've revealed yourself. Now look at all the implications. You wanted to protect people, but now more yeah. superpowered people are coming out, more yeah. threats, and you're gonna have to deal with that. Um, which seems so in line with with his struggle. You know? Yeah. What, sure. what did y'all think of Amy Adams? A long pause. The sign, that was a long silence. We can edit that down. Yeah. That no, I, I, I think it's not a lot. It. I, I want to leave it knock at Amy Adams. I mean, I I liked her personally. I mean, she's a she's a she's an amazing actress. I think she is like, uh, I think she's great. Um, it was another one of those things too. I didn't ever think she got the opportunity to really excel as Lois Lane, but I thought yeah. that the chemistry between her and Henry, Henry Cavill was great. Um, I think she actually becomes stronger in Batman v Superman and especially Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, but I thought she was really great. I think when they, you know, back in September when supposedly Henry Cavill was going to be back, and I think they asked her like, "Are you going to?" Are you going to be back as well? I think she said something like she hadn't gotten a phone call or something like that, but that she would be mm. game. Some, something like that. I was like, I was instantly thought like, yeah, of course, let's bring her back. Like she developed that chemistry with Henry Cavill and Superman and everything. Like, of course, it would a hundred percent want Amy Adams back. Yeah, you can't have Henry Cavill back without Amy Adams back. Yeah, it can't be a, it can't be a, um, <laughs> what in the Dark Knight trilogy? What, what was? 
what was the, oh, the Rachel character? Yeah, yeah, Maggie Gyllenhaal With and Maggie Katie Gyllenhaal, Holmes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Katie Holmes. You can't do that. You uh, can't do it right. anymore. We can't do Back to the Future Part One yeah. and Two switcheroos anymore. Everyone wants the continuity with the same act actor. Yeah, if, like if they, if, I feel like if they're not available now, they just write a new character, which I think is smart. Yeah. So I don't know. But I, I like that. To me, it was weird. Like I really, really like Amy Adams, and I think she's a fantastic act- actor. And to me, I watching the emotional part and I think this is where Zack Snyder is really like not strong as a director like he's great at setting up shots and making everything look like almost like he's shooting a commercial or whatever it's just very memorable strong like the terraforming whatever machine is so freaking powerful like with the Hans Zimmer's score like it's so like Mm -hmm. creepy and fucked up like I love it but Emotionally, like, he's just not, uh, I don't think he, it's his, you know, strong suit to tell, like, stories from uh, from that angle. To me, it was weird how Amy Adams, like, first, like, how come she kind of like how she fell for him? Maybe it was the script to the problem. How does she fall for the Superman? Like, there was like a switch where she, she like suddenly is into him and she's like clinging to him. And like the direction is like, she's like has these hots for him that she can't like contain herself. Have she's you seen wet. him? I saw yeah. him. I feel like he is. I feel like he doesn't want to bone people. Yeah, he does come across as like not sexual, even though they have a, yeah, a, he's a great asexual. kiss. But yeah, there is something about like I don't want to picture Superman having sex. He's too powerful. He's gonna. Oh, it's yeah. like in um, Twilight. Twilight, the whole fear is like, oh, he will hurt her if they have sex. And that there's even a whole movie where they're trying to have sex throughout the movie but he keeps getting Classic too reference. insane listen to our former yeah, yeah. yes <laughs> and it's yes. like it's weird it's crazy she's like has bruises all over her every time mm. they try it's it's strange <laughs> for me with her i think she just i i love amy adams but she is so good at playing wounded and like having a wound like being strong through through having a uh, you know despite having a wound mm that I don't think that's what I want to see with Lois Lane. I want to see someone maybe with more spunk, spunk and gumption. And that's her, that's her attitude. It really seems like she's depressed. <laughs> like she, Amy Adams just has good depression acting. She's from a different movie, right? Like it's like, she's, she's acting like she's in a different tone. Yeah, she's a little sad. I feel like has a little bit of that sad look on her face, like throughout these. I think I agree though that Sasha. You know, like I think for me, like that was one of the flaws of the movie. I think like she very quickly, and part of this is because of Superman and in general. But she quickly became the female character in distress. Yeah, like too fast for me. As like she was always falling all of a sudden i think she falls like three times in that movie and it's like and he saves her like in the classic superman way and i feel like that could have been cut down Mm -hmm. at least by one one fall or something like Mm -hmm. that and she also she got too quickly to these places too i was like i was like i was like my god i was like she should be covered in sweat she's gonna be sprinting from one location like 15 blocks down the street to get to another location to fall like she's no this isn't this isn't right she can't get there everywhere that fast she's got a private (laughs) jet and intense cardio all together (laughs) i think i have to shout out christopher maloney in this movie oh yeah because he's great he's a badass in this like he tries to fight people who are stronger than superman with a knife and is just like fuck it like this is i'm going out on my shield here i love that and i love his death it's just really badass and I love those characters that where they're like a thorn in the side yeah, for most of out. it, but then end up becoming heroes in the end. Yeah. Between him and he, Christopher Nolani, there's <laughs> a bunch of great Christophers. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Christopher Nolan, my he, favorite. Uh, <laughs> um, yes. He's a great character. Uh, yeah, his line when, you know, is like a, something about a good death or whatever, which he says, like, they talk about it a couple times. Him between the character, I forget that. I forget her name. She's also really amazing. He's basically like his adversary. That's the Kryptonian, yeah. like uh, villain, like of Zod's army or whatever. That they kind of like face off a couple times. I thought she was also amazing in it. But like them, it's like kind of adversaries. Like that was it was so good. Like I almost kind of forgot that he was in that movie until yeah. I watched it again and I realized like how strong he is. He's a he's a he's a great actor. He's great. He's, you know, I think he's so great at comedy and he certainly has had his uh, run of drama, <laughs> yeah. 
but for me it's just he's he's a little like shocking to see in roles like this uh, because he's kind of goofy looking but then you look back at Oz and that there was nothing funny about Oz I don't know if you yeah. guys ever saw that one the prison, not Oz sure. the Great and Powerful, the Sam Raimi yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Not that <laughs> one. Not the James Franco one. Um, yeah. um, Joe, do you think it's time to go to the ratings? I think it is. How do ratings work? All right, this is how they work. We are going to rate Man of Steel on a scale of 0 to 10 using something else as the basis of our rating. So that something else could be chocolate chip cookies because they make you feel warm inside. And chocolate chip cookies are a 10. And Man of Steel is a 10 because it also makes you feel warm inside. Or it could be another movie like Iron Man. Hey, Iron Man stinks. It's a 1 out of 10. But Man of Steel is an 8 out of 10. And if that doesn't make sense, don't worry, John, because Sasha and I will go first. I don't have a lot to say, so I will start. Um, I will compare this movie to the other superhero movie that I do enjoy. It's uh, It's Thor Ragnarok. Uh, so that is a very funny movie. Ten on a ten scale. Um, how much did I love Man of Steel? You know, I feel like I it did better than what I expected it to be for me, but I still had to power through it. Um, I just didn't find myself to be super into Zack Snyder and what he's selling me. Uh, even though, again, I love Watchmen. I'm going to throw Watchmen in the, on the scale as well. I give it a <laughs> nine. And compared to that, um, I will give uh, a five to Man of Steel. Five Joe. points on the board. Well, that, that's in line. That's pretty much in line with Rotten Tomatoes. Of, yeah. You know, oh, that's true. I'm the, 50, I'm 56%, the, the basic so. person uh, Yeah, watching that movie. Joe, what about you? <laughs> Um, I'll, I will also put it up against another superhero movie, but that I think has like some of the similar issues of being an origin story and being one that's kind of sick of, and that is the Amazing Spider-Man, Andrew mm. Garfield's Spider-Man movie, um, which I really don't like that movie. I don't think it adds anything new. I was kind of surprised it would even be an origin story because we had just gone through some Spider-Mans and they were good. So that movie I'm going to have to give a 3 out of 10. Um, wow. Really wow. almost... Oh, man. What's up? Man of Steel. What, Man of Steel 3 Ama- out of 10? Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, Amazing yeah. Spider-Man. Okay. Uh, yeah, 3 out of 10. It almost feels like an AI-generated movie. Just nothing... <laughs> unique about it joe has a lot to say about ai AI art which one day we're gonna do an episode on that but yeah back to man of steel man of steel though you know i think it does a lot more interesting stuff than a amazing spider-man despite being an origin story and even like we talked about the way it does the origin story is kind of different and in a way i can't think of another movie that's done it like that um you know, that being said, I do have my issues with it um, that I've discussed on here that, you know, an origin story on its own is, I'm not too happy about that. I would want to see like more. Screenwriting issues mostly, kind of. Sort of, or I think just like con- conceptual issues, okay. you know, just like the bedrock of being an origin story that's always going to knock things down. But I do think there's a ton of interesting stuff in it. And I do like the Dragon Ball Z-ness of the battles and stuff like that. So I will give it a 7 out of 10. I had a feeling how you built up to 7. That's good. Yeah, felt like a 7. You know, that's, that's one thing we didn't really touch on. And I would say that, that going back to when you asked me what my favorite things about the movie, probably number three, it have to be the action because... Mm-hmm. I feel like that was the first time as well that we ever saw Superman move like Superman mm-hmm. um, in that quality. Like, I mean, he was fat. I mean, he's lightning fast. Like, it's amazing, like, watching that and seeing it. And I even think, and even watching it release recently, I was like, 10 years later, this CGI still holds mm-hmm. up. Like, it is it is seamless to me. It's, it's not like... It's just all integrated really well, but like he moves like Superman. Yeah, and I think what helps the CGI hold up as well is there's no demon dog characters, there's no yeah. like CG villain, because this there was an era around this 2013 that would even bleed in from like probably the next 
five, seven years and a preceding couple years where almost every superhero movie or movie had these like CGI demon dogish creature <laughs> characters. And they all look like they mm. were just the same design, slightly tweaked. Somebody who was just yeah. cashing in, like the designer. Yeah, he was like, hey, yeah. just use this one. <laughs> um, so, and that, like not having a, uh, a being it, it's actually Michael Shannon. It's not Michael Shannon as a big CG creature and stuff. I think that helps it as well. Yeah. So what about we you? You talk about Michael Shannon. Oh yeah, we, Michael Shannon, amazing. All I, all I'll say about Michael Shannon, I thought he was amazing, and I love his "I will find him" line earlier in the movie. I think go back <laughs> when he yells that is iconic to me. Um, oh, and and the dicks. Oh, the dicks. So when they yes, get in the, prison, the, yes, those are the, cops. It is like I mean, those were. That was hilarious, and that was actually one moment in the theater where there were quite a few people that laughed, and everyone. What, what are they even doing? Even when I saw it, I was, okay, so the, the pods in the beginning, all the yeah, Kryptonians, they they get, get imprisoned. Um, good, yeah, they get sent to prison, so they get covered in these pods that are like the shape of them standing. So they're yeah. where their feet are are like balls. Ah, oh, and then classic. it goes up, yes. and there's a even a head ridge. So they're circumcised dicks. <laughs> it is. It's actually pretty funny. I remember. I remember seeing that theater like that. That was probably one of the biggest double takes. Where I was like, "Wait, wait, what's happening? What's going on?" And like people kind of laughed in the theater. And uh, yeah, I remember going back and looking about that. And like, mm. and I don't think that there was a super clear answer on why. But I think that um, I know. A, I think a lot of his imagery on Krypton, in particular, was inspired by H.R. Giger. Uh, and, Mm -hmm. and so it was, you know, it was very, again, about Zack Snyder detail was that, you know, there was the young Kryptonian language, like even, you know, Superman symbol is the symbol of hope and like his small details on his suit are all like Kryptonian language stuff. Um, but I think that also to those pods, a lot of this stuff was also, um, around birth, like in, and so I think somehow it alluded to birth, uh, maybe, <laughs> and with that imagery. And maybe that's a little bit stretched, but all I know is that I feel like I read about H.R. Giger, uh, the idea of birth, and then it being in the intro sequence tied to, like, uh, you know, Superman's birth, like, things like that. So I feel like it made enough sense to me when I've read about <laughs> it before, but it, it's still very, it is very... Uh, striking uh, visual. Uh, striking visual, yeah. And there's a lot of them. Yeah, it's like a dozen of them or so. Just so. floating. Yeah. Uh, so what is oh, your okay? But the number, the number. Um, yes, I would probably. So I think like I put ten as like the pinnacle. I think probably the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight is pretty much a perfect superhero movie to me. That's incredibly unique. Um, it's like almost like a crime film with Batman. Um, I would probably put Man of Steel at an eight point seven. Nice. I can do. Oh yeah, 8. you can. 7. Yeah, you can. Oh, yeah. Do the point. Yeah, There's no can. rules, right? Yeah. Um, okay, maybe like an eight point seven. I definitely think it has some flaws in terms of like you know again the the female character in distress all the time. Uh, you know, it's some choppiness like here and there. Like at the very end when the the actually the, the female soldier just says like I think Superman's kind of hot. I was like, oh, oh that yeah, was the biggest that's eye a range, for me. huge that was range. the dumbest. Yeah. It's not a not a good line. It's just I was like, it's wink and audience. Yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, I don't know. Those are those are really tiny Minor. things. Like, but I'm also just a tough critic. I mean, re- really, I feel like I'd probably put it at a nine. But I'd say eight point seven, just to be just safe, I guess. So yeah, be- I'm not giving out too many nines and tens. Yeah, know? save them, save them. Yeah, I'll save them for the next time when we talk about Chick Fil A. Oh yeah, <laughs> bringing we'll, it all back. We'll do the Zack Snyder cut of uh, the Chick Fil A. <laughs> we'll be like four hours dedicated to talking about a chicken sandwich. Um, people have tried yeah um john that's awesome thank you so much for coming on should i love it um is there anything you'd like to promote your social media or any projects no i mean i keep it i keep everything kind of under wraps you know until a commercial comes out and then i'm like oh here it is i'm like i don't want to jinx myself so i don't know i'll tell you when a commercial comes out or you can follow it on uh, my instagram is just at john riddle which is easy so perfect yeah and if you could ask Ask uh, your friends over at Pepsi if they want to sponsor this podcast. We'll definitely, uh, we're open to that. We have a perfect couple slots. I'll we'll put that phone call in right <laughs> yeah. now because I, I feel like I've, I, I don't know. I have to listen to this again, but I feel like I'm kind of in safe territory. I didn't get too controversial. Thankfully, you didn't ask me about what James Gunn is doing for the for the new DC. 
uh, DC. Oh yeah, that could have been an extra thirty minutes tacked on yeah. of this episode. <laughs> told, we wouldn't have got I to Man of Steel. That, yeah, that's that's why I told people before that I was like I can't just can't talk about that whole situation because like that's when I'd be like not be promoting the podcast. <laughs> um, but for another time, yes, for, another time. for some private combo. Private yeah, combo, exactly. Joe, any private or non-private information you want to disclose to us? I do. Um, my body mass index, I want everybody to know. No, it's not looking good these days. But uh, I, depending on when this podcast comes out, Bottoms Up Hard Liquor, my graphic novel, will be out. Um, and previously on the show, I was giving a date of January 20th. I actually yeah, had to did. push that back. Okay. <laughs> um, so it is pushed back just a little bit to uh, tentatively February 1st. Oh, that's um, not bad. Oh, yeah, it's not pushed back far. We will be having a signing, it sounds like, at uh, Golden Apple Comics. So um, figuring that out. So, But you'll be able to get it no matter if you're in L.A. or not. It's uh, Bottoms of Hard Liquor. If you want to know about it, go to JoeCabello.com and sign up for my mailing list, and you'll get an email when it comes out. And maybe even a discount code. Maybe. Who knows? And uh, there's no discount code for my upcoming class at <laughs> Great, Great way to <laughs> promote it. <laughs> <laughs> but there is one still uh, accepting students that starts in March. Thank you, Elizabeth Salute, for the artwork. Thank you, Mr. Owl, for this amazing track. And thank you for listening. Oh, rate us five stars. <laughs>